This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. And it is another beautiful day in the Jewish state. And I want to start off this radio program by saying thank you. Thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio who bring the truth of the Jewish state to the grassroots of the United States. The truth about Israel, uh, as this country is number one in technology, agriculture, and medicine in the world, and the vast amounts of humanitarian work that the Jewish state does in, uh, in, in countries like Haiti, where Israel's currently, actually you started, set up the first um, uh, uh, relief hospital in Haiti in 2005 after the earthquake there, uh, and all around the world. It is truly amazing, amazing what this little country does, Rotem. I'm proud to be an Israeli girl. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I want to say thank you to the guys at America's Web Radio. Insight to Israel is in the top 20% out of 26,000 radio shows in the United States of America. Heard in Canada, the U.S., and Europe, uh, Australia. Yeah. And uh, right here in Israel. And I actually got an email about six months ago from a lady in Newfoundland (laughs) that said... Thank you, Michael, for the radio show. I get to learn more about Israel and uh, tell the Jewish people we stand with them in new family. So uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you to the guys in America's Web Radio uh, for all that you've done over the past three and a half years. We were actually three years old this past March, three years that we've been on the air. Congratulations. And uh, it's a miracle. It's amazing. I actually just renewed... uh, let me say this. I actually just got my work visa. <laughs> Some people question, like, how's that guy been there for so long and just got his work visa? Uh, and uh, I, I was blessed to have never left the country and to continue the work here. And uh, we just got our press pass, which is a miracle in itself because you have to meet a certain criteria for the Israeli government to acknowledge you as a media outlet. And it's because of the listeners and those that watch, like, listen, uh, and promote the social media. So I want to say thank you to everyone who listens to the radio show uh, for you being involved as we stand with the Jewish state and tell the truth about the greatness of this country and what is happening here. Uh, with that, I also want to say thank you to everyone that uh, sends Chocolates for Heroes. And uh, hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, they send chocolates for heroes, which Americans send thousands of them. And I'm going to, yeah, let's hold that still. Uh, they send me chocolate bars. And so they put notes on them to the, uh, to the Israeli soldiers. Uh, notes of love, encouragement, and prayers. And uh, what it means to a soldier, not just to get a chocolate bar... That's the, uh, that's the key, but the door that opens is the note on the chocolate bar. It's a grassroots project that brings together Americans who want to show their support for Israel and Israeli soldiers who see that note, and now they're connecting through, through the social media. And now there are actually Americans, when they see their chocolate bar in the hand of a soldier, or a soldier sees that American with their picture holding their, of their chocolate bar, in the social media, uh, now they're connecting in the social media, and now Americans are sending care packages to that specific soldier. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's an amazing project. Now, I, I get smarter as the days go by. 
because, you know, when I first came here, this is something I've never done before. I've done a lot of grassroots projects in politics. Wow, look at that. That thing is crazy. Uh, I've done a lot of grassroots projects, but to actually uh, be in a situation where I have to um, figure it out myself, it's been an amazing learning experience. So one of the other things we're going to add to the, pro the, the project we're going to do is we actually want people to put their Facebook or their email on there. Because soldiers ask me all the time, Michael, how can I tell this person thank you? You know? So uh, that's how we're going to up actually upgrade in a small way the project, to, again, to bring that grassroots together. So I'm going to say thank you to everyone that are participators and not spectators in sending Chocolates for Heroes. So uh, if you want to know more, please go to the Insight to Israel Facebook page. Send me an email there, and uh, we'll make sure that you uh, that email is answered in a timely manner so we can send you the information on how to send your Chocolates for Heroes. Get your friends, your family, your church, your synagogue together as a group to make it cost-effective and more time-efficient in order to send Chocolates for Heroes to these soldiers. That's hilarious. So... We're going to start off the program, and I have a very special young lady here with me. Uh, and uh, I actually met her family before I met her. You were out of the country, I think. Yeah, I was in New York. So in two, two years ago, uh, how do you say your last name? I never got that right. <laughs> Pilosov. Pilosov. It sounds like rice. Isn't there a rice? Uh, pilosov, a rice? Pilos, pilos rice. In the United States on the menu when you order a nice meal. Okay. They have they they like to use exotic terms when it's really just basically rice oh. with some spices in it, <laughs> you know. And then they jack up the price on you, you know. Never heard that before. So it's called pilaf rice. Pilaf. Yeah, and they serve it with like chicken and things like that. If you go to a nice restaurant, anyway. Aside from that, nice uh, your father is an amazing man because uh, we interviewed uh, Mr. Pete. Yuda. Yuda. And actually, Yuda, her uh, uh, Rotem's father, actually makes prosthetic limbs, mostly legs. And he does a lot of traveling to other countries and volunteers and helps people who lose limbs uh, during a time of war, like in Africa. So I heard about your dad. I can't remember how, but it was because it was two years ago. And uh, so I interviewed your father, and it's amazing what he does. He's an amazing person. It's all about... Um, so, my dad is an amazing person. Um, he's very generous. Um, he really likes to help people. Um, and this is how I was raised, to help people. Um, I'm trying to be a good person like him. Right. I hope I'm doing a good job. If you didn't do any good till now, it's because you're on the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I feel blessed to to have him as my father um, and yeah this is our family business I'm not taking a part of this business because I'm an actress okay but I'm blessed I'm blessed because because I have a wonderful family and I was raised um, about um, about the main thing that is actually helping people right so, I'm blessed. First of all, thank you for having me here. No, you're welcome. It's, it's, it's a really, I'm honored. No, thank it's an honor so to have you. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. So, uh, Shelly, 
Shelly. Welcome. My sister. That's your sister. If you want to talk about my sister, we can do so as well. <laughs> no, because I met your sister, and at that time she was actually she, working yeah. with your dad. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had we, we had him and, and your sister both on the and show. And my brother. And your brother. Yep. Tell me his name again. I apologize. He's Ryan. He's Ryan. Okay. Yeah. And he has a family. Yes. He's married. He's married. Two, two sons. Two sons. Nice, nice. So uh, we, we interviewed your father, and then Rultim and I uh, were connected to a, a gentleman that uh, at that time, last year, had a display of uh, Yoni Netanyahu and the Raider in Tebe. Yeah, Avner. Avner, okay. Mm-hmm. And so anyone who, who is a who is a constant, who makes Insight Israel a companion in your life, you know that we interviewed actually uh, Sarah Gunter Davison on the radio show last year, and that was actually one of our best interviews, most listened to interviews last really? year. Yeah, most inter- most listened to. So, uh, amazing woman. This the the whole uh, uh, the mobile museum was about Entebbe. Uh, the Raider in Tebe in Uganda, Yonatan Netanyahu was the designer of that uh, of that rescue mission in 1976, and we're coming up on 40 years this year. Yep. And uh, so uh, uh, Avner invited me to this mobile museum uh, with uh, telling the story of Entebbe, and Shelley actually happened to be there. Rotem. Shelley, Rotem. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Rotem actually happened to be there. And I don't know, how did we find out? How did we find out that I actually... Because I remember you t- instant messaging me or something, and you said, hey, you know my family. Um, no, actually, Avner invited me as well. Right. Um, right. And we started talking, and then, I don't know how, maybe we saw that we have friends in common on Facebook, maybe. Okay. And then I, and then I asked you, how do you know my brother? Because I... I see that. Ah, that's right. How do you know him? And then he told me, yeah, I interviewed him, interviewed him like two years ago. Wow. I was like, really? About what? And, you know, it's a small country. It's a small well. country. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Rotsam has a very amazing, amazing, when I got to know you, we actually sat and talked for about an hour. Wow, yeah. After the, after we left the, the uh, museum. Yeah, it was a nice ride. And, uh, so... It's amazing what you did for your country. Now, anyone who, who has paid attention uh, to Insight to Israel, you know, all the, all the uh, young people when they come out of high school have to serve in the Army. Now, if you don't serve in the Army, you do what they call national service. How do you say that in Hebrew? Shirut Leomi. Okay, Shirut Leomi. Okay. And so, most of the time, if you serve in national service, which means you teach in a school, or uh, there's various things that you can do to contribute to the country if you're not going to join the military. In fact, some of the young people actually go abroad and represent Israel, mm-hmm. which is an amazing, it's an amazing, project. amazing, amazing. So if you serve in the army, the young ladies serve two years uh, uh, normally, and then the, the the young men serve three years uh, and serving in various aspects, whether it's a combat soldier. Um, yeah, whether it's a combat soldier or a jobnik, what they call jobnik, would you yes. work at a desk, you work at a computer, or a secretary, or whatever? Everybody has a part. Exactly. Everybody has a part. Exactly. So when I get soldiers that say, "I don't, I don't, uh, chocolates for this is keeping for combat soldier," I'm like, "No, no, you we need, need to you. have it as well." Exactly. So, uh, Rotsim, I want to start off. Actually, we're in the city. Actually, we're not in the city, but we're in Rishon Metzion, which is on the Mediterranean coast. And folks, if you have not been to Israel, look at this behind us. Look at that. 
Is that amazing or what? It's amazing. Now, I'm not only in love with like certain parts of this country, but this is what I get to see. Uh, which the sea? It is. Look how beautiful that water is. And uh, we're here in Rishon Lezion. Now, Rishon has a meaning. There's always a meaning behind every name here. Yeah. Can you tell us what Rishon Lezion means? Um. Uh, first of all, Rishon means being first. Okay. So um, in Rishon Lezion, you can actually find um, the first Hebrew school. Wow, you're beautiful. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I, I got distracted there for a second. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Keep going. Um, so, this is the city where I grew up, Rishon uh, Lezion. And um, here we had the first Hebrew school in Israel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very interesting yep. information. Yep. Very nice. Such a beautiful city. Um, I think... Right now, Rishon Lezion is right after Tel Aviv in terms of uh, how big the city is, okay. um, real estate. Uh, we have um, Cinema City, Yes Planet. You know, it's, it's a really, really nice city. Um, and, you know, I grew up here, so yeah. maybe what, you should. What was it like to grow, to grow up here? I mean, think I, the only thing I can... When I think about your history mm-hmm. and what you've done here, Israel is going to be 68 years old this year. And what the development that you've seen happen in your own city. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, after the army, um, I lived here. I rented a place. Um, I was here for, I think it was six, six or seven years before I flew to New York. Wow. Yeah. So... I definitely want to raise my kids here. Nice. Yeah, it's what, a beautiful. What place. was it like growing up here? You know, I mean, between you know being able to see this and come here as a child, I'm sure you spent a lot of time on the beach as yes, a teenager. One of my favorite places. <laughs> one of my. Favorite Understandably, places. I can't I mean, stop look looking at this. this. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's like heaven. Yeah. What? Even with all of that, with all the beauty and the, the greatness of the people mm-hmm. in this country. Uh, what was it like for you to see the wars that were taking place and the attacks on the people in your country? Um, I can tell you that as a person who grew up in um, in Israel, not only in Rishon Lezion, in Israel, you feel like you are always under attack. Right. So it doesn't really matter if you were born in Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, or even um, in South Israel like Zerot. Um, Which is always, on the Gaza border. Exactly. So you always feel like you are under attack. Um, but this is exactly how me as a person, this is this is exactly where I need to ask myself, okay, how am I going to help the country? And so we have the army part, which I thought maybe I should do, you know, like more than two years. Um, maybe I should be a fighter. Yes, I'm a woman. Maybe I'm not, you know. Some of those girls are, wow, they're amazing. I know. Wow. They are amazing. Wow. So um, this is this is the place where we should ask ourselves how we can help the country because we are always under attack. So this is this is one of the reasons why I choose to be why I chose to be um, a fighter in the army yeah. because I wanted to protect my country because you can sit here and you can be in a really nice atmosphere, nice energy. We can have a drink 
but in a minute everything can change right if a terrorist will enter the place right so you have to know how to protect yourself yeah. protect the country you know I, I've done some work with uh, the kids in Ghana mm -hmm. and uh, now Ghana uh, is an organization that's a military organization that the kids volunteer to go into to help them prepare for the military and uh So when I, I went and got to talk to them, and I handed them some chocolates for heroes mm. and told them Americans love them, I got to, you know, give a little speech. <laughs> But uh, I actually have on video a young lady, uh, interviewed her and another young man. And this girl's looking at me, and her eyes are watering up, and she says, Michael, thank you so much for the note on this chocolate bar because the world hates me because I'm a Jew. Now, I can't imagine, and help me to understand, you know, your perspective uh, now that you're older, mm -hmm. but I'm sh I can never get my wrap my mind around what it must be like to have a child, to have a child say this to me, you know, and to know that from the time you come out of the womb, that your mother's looking at you, and I don't know, I don't have the mindset of the mothers here, but I can't imagine that I have to look at my child and say, one day my child's going to have to fight in the army. To help defend the country. And I know what the media says and what the government say, and I know what Islam calls for in the Quran and in their media and in their imams. What's it like for you to, I mean, did you grow up like, uh, what criticisms, and I'm sure you heard them, mm -hmm. but, you know, what was it like for you growing up knowing that you have to defend your country and when you look at the way the rest of the world is? Well, what's that like? Because you've been to the, to the United States. As older, yes. you know, and you see that we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, you don't have to defend yourself just for being, you know, a Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It's you don't need to do it. But this is this is how I grew up. Um, since I was born, I've been told to, for example, if I'm going uh, for a tour, uh, if I'm going to Europe, just. Don't tell anyone that you are Jewish. Wow. That can be very, very risky. Don't do it. Don't um, speak out loud in Hebrew. Because this is exactly, you know, this is the thing that you shouldn't do. Right. Wow. You can just, you know, make other people think that you're Jewish. And then, you know, Muslim people don't like it. And, you know, it's... Even the it's Europeans great. who, you know, not all, of course. But Europe has a very, very... Uh, long history of being anti-Semitic. And so the, the persecution isn't just coming from the Muslims who are now occupying mm. and burning Europe to the ground. It's coming from the everyday Europeans who are boycotting your country. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really sad, but I don't know, like, something else. This is how I was raised. This is how, you know, this is, how, this is what my parents told me. And... This is me as as a, as a Jewish. Yeah. You know, right. I cannot. I can tell you now that I'm proud to be a Jewish. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel sad. It's 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 a sad thing that people will judge you based on not based on who you are right. as a person, not based on what you achieved in your life. They will judge you just because you are Jewish. Right. 
show. And the thing about it is, you know, I, I still can't understand why Jews still live in Europe today. You can't, it's very dangerous to go to Senegal. Very dangerous. I actually talked to a French family one time. I was on the shrew coming from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I heard them speaking in French. So I asked them, I said, are you Jewish? And they said, yeah. So I said, their, their sons had a kippah on, okay? Uh, and they had uh, the Magin David, yeah. the Star of David necklace mm-hmm. on. So I said, what's it like? Because they, they just had a bar mitzvah at the hotel for their son. So I said, what's it like to live in France? And they said, oh, you, it's very dangerous to go to synagogue. You can't wear the kippah. You can't wear the Magin yeah. David. You know, you, you take your life into your own hands when you, when you display the fact that you're Jewish. And I said, well, why don't you make Aliyah? Why, why don't you just come home? Now, first of all, I'm speaking to adults. Who's, now, I, I don't want to be misunderstood, but we have to tell the truth here. Because if you're an adult and you're Jewish living in Europe and you're, you have children... You may have a night, and they, this is what the, the wife told me. She said, we have, a, we have businesses, we have a beautiful home, you know. So at the end of the day, and I said, so really what you're telling me is, you don't want to, as an adult, you want to, you don't, you're not thinking about your child who could grow up here in freedom, who can travel the country. Children, America children travel this country with great liberty. Grade school children go together after school and get an ice cream where there's no adults around. In the United States of America, there's not one place in, the, in anywhere in the country that you can do that. Your children have that kind of liberty. Teenagers travel this country to go to the north or the south to go camping, hang out with their friends. You cannot do that as a teenager in the United States, travel that freely around the U.S. It's impossible. I know. I'm still sick. No, I know. So I said, so basically what you're saying is you're thinking more of your lifestyle than you are the future of your children by not making Aliyah. That's true. I have to agree with you. That's true. We are selfish. The selfishness of adults to deny our children the privilege and honor of growing up in freedom after 2,000 years of no homeland. American Jews, you know what? I've got good Jewish friends in the United States, and they support what I do. But I don't hold back on the message that now's the time, before the economy crashes, you're enjoying it now. But the United States, if you don't like what I'm saying, you know what? You can turn it off. The United States is quickly, quickly coming to a close. We're no longer a superpower. The Muslim countries laugh at us. The illegals that come into the country and steal and take and rob and pillage what we've worked hard for mock us. And the status quo is not going to change and not even Donald Trump. It is going to take God Almighty Himself and I do not see the United States calling out to God for help. There may be individuals. I don't want to get off on that, but I think it needs to be said. So. No, I totally agree with you. Every little thing that you said. I, I, I thank God your parents were smart enough. They could have gone someplace else. For sure. That's for sure. It's, it's the easiest, easiest way. You know. Right. Wow. Wow. Great stuff. So, uh, you go into the military. You, I, again. Yeah. Hold on a second. You've got to see this. If you're listening to this on audio, you got to catch the video as soon as I post it after the radio show's done. This is amazing. If you've not been to the Jewish state, you need to take out a bank loan. Run your credit to the edge. 
Come here and spend your money, and God will pay it back if you spend it in the Jewish state. Anyway, so you grew up here. Now you're going in the Army. Yeah. Wow. So what did you say to yourself? Did you, like, know what you wanted to do? Um, I knew Because you I... take a test. The military gives you a test while you're in high school yeah. to determine what your quality is, your values, yeah. Yeah. as far as like what your talents are. Exactly. Um, I didn't know exactly which unit I'm going to be in, but I knew that I want to be a fighter. I knew that I want to do something very special. Yes, I'm a tiny person. <laughs> I'm very gentle. But I can kick your... Right, family show. Yes, but I can, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I knew that I want to be a fighter. I knew that I want to do something very special and unique in the Army. Um, so I decided to go to the canine unit. No, oh, the canine. I've been actually, I've been in outside of Jerusalem. There's a place where they actually raise the dogs and train them and prepare them. It's amazing what they do. Maybe. In the police or? In the police, yeah. Well, it's something else. Police will usually will train their dogs to search for drugs. Right. And um, weapons? Yeah, drugs and weapons. Um, but in the canine unit, we trained our dogs to search for all kind of bombs, weapons, uh, but we didn't deal with drugs. Right, okay. So I can say that it was the time of my life. It wow. was such an amazing experience. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. And again, I'm a woman. So for me, holding a gun and running and do, you know, some physical things, it's, it's something, it's, it's very unique. Right. It's something really challenging right. physically and mentally as well. Wow, wow. Yeah. What did your what did your parents think? No, actually They told me, Oh my god, no, you wanna be a fighter, you won't parents, be able to hold a gun. Your parents are still married? Yes. Okay, because I've never met your mother. Oh really? Yeah, I've never met so your mother. So come for Kiddush. Yeah, I will definitely do that. Next Friday. Okay, next Friday. Next Friday. So uh, so your parents were like, what's your brother say? Because your brother's older than you. Yeah. He's like, well, my sister, huh? <laughs> No, I have to say that um, I got the support of my family. But to be honest, when I when I first told them that I want to be a fighter, they told me, "Okay, uh, we'll give you a week, and then you just <laughs> you just run back home, and you'll say, no, please, mom, I want to go back home. You won't be able to handle it. You won't be able to hold the M16. It will be too heavy for you. Plus like, all, okay. all your other equipment. Yes. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Just wait and see. You know, just wait and see. And yeah, and I did it, and I'm very proud of myself. And again, it was the, it was the time of my life. It was very challenging, and it was very useful. Right. And I love it. Well, I, I love how would it. you, when you say useful, how do you think it developed you as a person? Um, first of all, um, now I know that. I can do a lot of things, like in terms of physical things. Right. I know that, you know, as again, I will say it again, as a woman, 
you can always run to the you know to the comfortable and the you know to the easy limit and just say oh you know what I cannot do this and I cannot do that can you please help you can me get away with it. it yes but no I I don't want to I don't want to go and just be this, the little woman who cannot do, you know, things to you know, for herself. Right. So I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I've learned that I, I'm strong, again, physically and mentally. I've learned not to give up. Nice. Yeah, not to give up. You can do a lot of things in your life. You just need to believe. Don't give up, even if things can be... You've got to pull from the inside. Exactly, exactly. Nice. Exactly. So uh, so you get through this. Now, listen, we're going to come back, okay? Okay. And we're going to talk about the good stuff that you did. Because uh, uh, you served in the Army and then you did work for the, the government, would you say? Yeah. Okay. The government after that, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about what she did, and then we're gonna talk about some issues that the country's going through right now. Uh, get your point of view. And uh, so, with that being said, America, send chocolates for heroes, and thank these soldiers. We're actually we actually are gonna give you some. This is Michael Gano with Insight Israel and Chocolates for Heroes, and uh, we will be right. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. The hospitality that I've been shown, the kindness. We have the best hospitality. Amazing, amazing. So nice, nice. Now, how many girls in your unit did you serve with? Um, I think in my unit. <laughs> You want some of this salad? No, but it looks so good. Yummy. To die. That means eat well. Yes. Enjoy your meal. Such a smart boy. <laughs> so, uh, so in my unit, uh, we were something like 25 girls. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Did you see any action? Yes, every day. You know, going to Nablus and Ramallah and these are in, the, in, in Judea and Samaria, these, these yeah, cities, yes. Exactly. Otherwise known as the West Bank. If yes. you're a right winger and know the truth, it is Judea and Samaria, it's not the West Bank. We call it the <laughs> Left Bank. You know, get it, small name, Left Bank? Okay. <laughs> it's just a good joke there. Anyway, so. I'm laughing. You're so, uh, what, what would you, what's the most memorable moment when it comes to seeing action that you had in the Army? What's the name of your unit, by the way? Okay. Orchids? Mm-hmm. Orchids. Okay. Okay. How do you spell that? Um, O-K-E-T-Z. What does O-K-E-T-Z. it mean? Um, I'm trying to find a similar word in, um, in Hebrew. Can. Orchids, it's like when a bee... Is on top of your body, right? And she's like not like biting you, like, stings you. Yeah, I think that's the word in English. Okay. Forgive me for my. No, no, it's fine. I should be speaking more Hebrew. Uh, I told you I need to teach you Hebrew. Can sababa. I t- sababa. Good. Well, that's that's actually Arabic. Sababa. So what what? Ahra. That's another word. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. So what, what event would you say stood out to you when it comes to seeing action? Um, first of all, again, going um, 
um, to these places like Nablus and Ramallah and um, and and Hebron and Janine. Wow, know that I've been to Janine. Wow. It's, it's a dangerous place, and you know that there is there is danger around you all the time. So you are all all the time prepared. You are ready. You are very alert with yourself because you know that anything can happen right. in a minute. So you need to be ready. Um, something specific. Um, let's see. Okay, so there is a, a checkpoint next to Ramallah. Okay. And um, I remember me and another friend of mine. We were there with our dogs, searching for bombs in the checkpoint, wow. checking their uh, trucks, their cars, wow, their luggages, like everything. And out of the blue, out of nowhere, again, when you know that anything can happen in seconds, um, in one of the, um, the buildings next to the checkpost, a terrorist just... A Muslim. Was a Muslim. Yeah, he was like holding, I think it was something similar to M16, I'm, I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah, and he started shooting at a checkpost. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, and we, we were trying to um, to pack all the stuff like you know. Really Did you lock fast. and load on? I wanted to. <laughs> you know what? Let's. I won't answer to that. Okay. Um. But yeah, you just you were looking for. We were looking for a place to hide, and it was it was a real danger. It was a real danger back then, and. Um, and this is what happens, like, all the time. Did you ever have any friends that either lost their life or were wounded? Um, it's funny that you're saying that. I mean, it's not funny, but it's, it's amazing that you're saying that because on that day, um, a fighter from Ockets, one of the guys, uh, lost his life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In Gaza, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and um, I have um, another friend who committed a suicide. She couldn't, you know, handle. Hit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there is a high rate, actually. She wasn't from Ockheads, but I know her. Of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had on the show a lady last week who has an organization. She's Jewish. She's in the United States called Soldier Hero Hero. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they combine, they take... Uh, American soldiers with PTSD, yeah. post-traumatic stress disorder, and Israeli soldiers uh, with PTSD. Now, they don't, it's not specifically... they. A lot of them do have PTSD, but they also might have, like, a, a physical yeah. disability. Yeah. And they put them with Israeli soldiers, bring these American soldiers here, put them with Israeli soldiers. Uh, they, they find the personality and even the, uh, the disability between the two and they put them together familiarity and they take them on a tour all over the country and they bring soldiers that have never been to Israel before and those soldiers have a unique opportunity to compare their combat experiences so uh, amazing 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 organization and uh, so I'm sure it it helps them you know to share the memories uh, to feel that they are not alone right and people can understand and people can you know 
feel the same. Right. Because, you know, in Israel, all of us... All of you serve. Yeah. What, uh, what, what do you think you, you had um, shared with us that, you know, you, you made friends and you had experiences that yeah. changed your life? What would you say would maybe be the thing that sticks with you that's not so positive? An experience you had uh, that maybe has really stayed with you. and Or maybe it was what we're going to talk about after your military service. Maybe it was during that time uh, that you maybe you had an experience that's really stayed with you. You decide. If you want to come back to that question. Um... No, I, I have an answer for your question. Okay. And um, when I'm trying to think about my experience in the, when I was standing in a checkpost, searching for bombs, checking the people, was you know moving from uh, one village to another. Um, it's hard to forget their faces when you are telling them okay stand here open your bag uh, show me your luggage what do you have in your car you want to tell me something or are you hiding something for me and this is something that you need to ask you know all the people who is going to, from one village to another and when you're asking elderly people and you're looking at them and you see the pain in, in, in their faces, this is something that you cannot ignore. Again, this is part of my job because based on, on our history and exactly and on their, their records, record. they can hide weapons, you know, um, they can pretend, a, a woman can pretend to be pregnant and just, you know, mm-hmm. hold some bombs and, and you can hear about a lot of crazy stories and that's why you're in a point when, where you have to ask all of them the same question and you wow. have to check them. But then you can see their faces, especially the elderly people, when they are looking at you and you, it's, it, you're struggling with yourself. Right. You're struggling yourself. You are. Did you ever feel a hatred from them for you? Yes, of course. Not, yes, yeah, not from all of them. Did anyone ever say thank you for doing your job? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, you, you you can see their anger right. in their eyes. Right. You can see how frustrated they are. But but again, I mean. I'm there for a reason. Right. I'm not there to torture them. I'm not right. there to make their life, you know, miserable. as hell, miserable. Right. Right. I'm, I'm there to protect my country because a week before, you can hear about people who actually hide bombs in their cars or, wow. or, or weapons in their bags. And you know that if I'm not there, somebody, someone may be killed in a terror attack. Wow. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Like, I can't even imagine what that must be like. So here you get out of the Army. This this is where we're coming to the meat of the interview. Because right now we've just been having the the salad, you know, and the bread, and the hummus. (laughs) But now we're getting to the schnitzel. Schnitzel. So you get out of the Army. Yes. What happens next? 
have to say that it's not easy to after um, after after being three years in the army, serving for three years, doing some. And normally you serve the, the the ladies serve for two. Two years, but, but I you volunteer, were in three. Yeah, you I volunteered your third. Another. Yeah. Yep. You're awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, plus, if you're going to be in the army, at least do something. You know. Work towards something that really has purpose and meaning. Exactly. Not that none of it does, but... Exactly, I was about to say. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I hear that from the from the soldiers all the time. The young people in high school, I've been to with organizations that actually prepare them physically and mentally, and they say, we want to be the... If we're going to be in the Army, we want to be the best we the can best. be, the very best. Exactly. And there's always that fight. A lot of it, a lot of that buddy of mine was in Duke Devon. Oh. And I said, what was it like? He's older now. And I said, what was it like? He said, you know what? He said it was about, number one, it was about we wanted to be the best to help our country. But then, you know, our ego, the, especially for the guys, our ego gets involved. Yeah. You know, and, and say that, oh, I'm the best to ever. Yeah, and then he said it got me a lot of girls, too. <laughs> I can believe it. That's true as well. So, so what happened when you got out of the Army? You... Someone did someone call you, send you a letter, hey, we want you to be in this. Go ahead, I want you to tell the story. No, so I just I started um, sending my resume to you know, to all the special units in the government. Um, I told them that I was a fighter in the army and I have um, this and that um, qualities. Skill. Skills, yeah. And qualities are good work too. Yeah. And they told me, you know what? Okay, I, we want you. Uh, we want to interview you. Come to our office. Not, you know, not, it was a real. It wasn't a real office. They called me, and you know, they told me come to this and this cafe, to a restaurant or a coffee place. Oh wow! Yeah, of course. You won't start, you know, your first interview in their offices. It's not gonna happen. So. Um, a very, very unique guy entered to the, the place they wanted me to be, and he introduced himself, and he said, Hi, my name is... Right. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And after, I think it was eight months later, after testing me, after wow. checking all my skills... Um, in front of you know people, computers, a lot of tests. They told me, okay, you are in. We want you in our unit, and we will start doing your training. Well, can you say what unit that was? Are we allowed to say that? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Thank you. So you get approved. Now they they say you got to do training. Was it physical training? Was it both? So now you're basically doing your army over again. Yes. But you're already mentally prepared. Yes, of course. And, nice. and I think the fact that I was a fighter in the army really helped me yeah. go through this whole process. Was it harder the second time? It was, it, I cannot really compare because it was it was different. Right. But, but it helped you in terms of not quitting. You won't you won't quit because you know that you can do it. You, you wow. can do it. Yeah. Just believe yourself. Just believe in yourself. Know that you are strong. Know that you are smart. Know that you have a lot of special skills and that that will help you. 
What's your family say? Like, here's your brother. You want to be a combat? No, okay, we give you this amount of time. Now you get accepted especially. I unit. think after after three years in the army, they just you know what they just told me. Okay, Rotem, we wish you good luck, honey. We love you. Just get home safe, and okay. that's it. Wow, wow! I bet your dad was like glowing with pride. I think they're still proud of me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Nice. So, I don't know how much you can tell the audience. And the reason why I had you on the show is because you're military. America, this country, a lot of people think when the United States helps Israel, which we really don't. I want to be honest about that. We don't do a lot for this country. We actually fund over a dozen Muslim countries with free food, free medicine, free weapons, CIA and military training. Over a dozen Muslim countries and the Palestinian Authority with trillions of dollars, trillions every year. And then... Uh, the U.S. government, the politicians like to make themselves feel good, so they give a few hundred million to Israel. They they give it to the Iron Dome. We actually, we give you weapons, but we don't give them to you. You have to buy them from us. Okay? Let's tell the truth about this thing. The United States government, not not the people, the government has not is not a friend current day to Israel. There are no Arab allies. These are Muslim countries that call for the death of Israel and who fund terrorism like Saudi Arabia all around the world. It's hypocrisy at its withering height. With that being said, not, the, the, not only do, uh, does Israel provide certain technologies to the United States in return, uh, not only does Israel provide the ability with a base in the South that helps train American soldiers in urban warfare, the American soldiers would not know how to fight in urban warfare if it weren't for the Jewish soldiers. That's as simple as it gets. And on top of that, coming to now what I want to talk about, uh, the Israeli government and the Mossad and the Shabak, which is not who you work for, uh, uh, provide their, their agents risk their lives daily by the second to provide intelligence information from the Muslim world that the Americans cannot even get. And if they do get it, it's because they got training from the Jews. And I say that without saying Israel because there would be no Israel if it weren't for the Jewish people. With that being said, uh, it, uh, the reason why I wanted to do this interview is because of the importance of the intelligence information that the Israeli military, the Shabak, and the... Uh, which you're not a part of, <laughs> and the Mossad provides for, for the American... I've got to tell you the name of my unit. ...to save the American people's lives and to save our soldiers' lives. So, uh, now, like, did, did you... I don't know how much I can... what I can ask you. You're going to obviously tell me you can't answer. So when you got into this unit, like, let's say you're done with your training. Okay. So now they're thrusting you forward. Now, how did that... Like, what was this like for you, you know? Was it commonplace? Was it normal now by this time? Because this is a part of your life, so you don't think much about it. It's like kind of drinking water. No, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's part of my life. I, I, I didn't feel like... I didn't feel something weird or something special is going on now. Because this is... This is who I am. This is this is part of who I become, you know, since the army. And um, so I did. I didn't feel weird. 
and the opposite. I felt like, you know. I have a duty. Nice. So, uh, can you, how much can you tell us what role you did play in the special unit? Um, I can tell you that I was specialized in uh, changing identities, costumes. That was my specialty. Um, Would you say infiltration? Yes. Infiltration. What was that? Looking at that, did it, the work that you did, how did it change your perspective about your country? It's, I can tell you that it changed my perspective as a human being. Okay. Not, not only as a person who lives in, in Israel, as a human being. Um, I think that all my experience if I can take the army and, and the unit with the work after that, it makes me look at the world in a different perspective. I'm not naive anymore. I, right. can, I can say that a lot of things are going on while we are sitting here. A lot of things are going on around us. Um, things that, of course, I cannot say, but now we are sitting... We're having fun, you're eating, we're talking, and it's, it's really nice. But a lot of things can happen right now if people won't protect us. People that can actually sit right next Among to us. Among us, and we don't know. And Exactly, and you won't be able to recognize, you won't be able to notice. But they're sitting here protecting you for something that you are not aware of. Wow. Yeah. You know, it is amazing because we, we take so much for granted, especially in the U.S., because freedom has come so easy without a, a cost. Yeah. Can, can you tell us maybe what one of the one of the uh, roles that you play? No? Okay. No. <laughs> what, 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 what effect do you think uh, this had on you, like when you would uh, go in and do this infiltration? Did you ever go outside the country? No. No? No. Just inside? Yeah. Uh, what would be your experience like as far as, was there ever a time you really felt like your life was threatened when you are doing the infiltration work that yes, you were doing? Yes, of course, all the time. It's like, uh, I told you I'm an actress now. Right. So, doing this kind of job, of course, is, is being an actor. Wow. But instead of having an audience, you have... Your environment. Which, I'm sorry. What do you want? No, go ahead. No, it's like you have an audience, but they don't know that they're your audience, and right. you have only one shot. You know, take one because yeah. take two will be. That's your what I was going to say. If you don't get it right, exactly, exactly, it could cost you your life. Did you ever feel like? Yes, of course, of course. I felt many times that if I want. Because you're a woman. Yes. And I'm sure you were in among a lot of very bad men. Yes. But if they knew what you did, you as a woman. That's for sure. Wow, I can't imagine with that. Yeah, you have to be. Did really you ever think about like that, like like? No, I think when when you are doing a mission, you don't think about this kind of stuff. You right. Just think about your mission. What is your task? What is your goal? What What are you trying to achieve? It's like you don't think about it. You right. just 
you just want to be brave. And you are brave, obviously, if you're doing this kind of job. Was there ever a time you, you thought about that maybe you had an experience that was so bad that you thought about maybe getting out? No. No? No. Wow. What was, no. Can you, what was your worst experience? Would you be able to share a story that might have been your worst experience? I don't have a bad experience. What was your best experience? Like you, like when you did a mission and you achieved your goal, uh, what would have, what was the situation when you look back and you said, you know, I did it. That was awesome. It was this was like the the toughest thing um, out of everything. Looking back, wow. I cannot tell you much, but I can tell you that once after a mission, I felt that I was so, so great. I did it like in the best way. And one of the other agents just came to me and said, Rotem, you should win the Oscar. Really, you are such an amazing actress. You should win the Oscar. It was unbelievable because, of course, you know that you are not the only agent in, uh, in the mission. Right. You always have, you know, more people around you. Did you did you ever feel like you did anything maybe that, in order to get the job done, that might have compromised your your principles? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, like, sleep with the man that you. <laughs> Like, were, was, uh, no. were you like the girlfriend of like, you know? No, 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 no. There is a limit. Right. There is a limit. Right. No one In the movies, they make it. They make it look like. Of course, like, because it's a movie. And <laughs> they want to see, you know, romantic and sexual right. situation. But no. Why did you get? You're not doing it any longer. How how long no. has it been? Four years. Oh, four years. How old are you? Oh my God! No, you're next, liberated. So no, it's you're okay. Next woman. next week I will turn thirty. Oh wow! You're twenty nine. I'm twenty nine. Good night. I didn't realize you were that. You don't look that old. But I didn't. You know, I didn't think that you were that childish. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> Let me ask you. At the end of the day. Um. Have you ever had the chance to speak to young kids that are preparing for the military? And, yes, of course. And uh, what experiences have you shared with them that you can share with us? Do you have one? The army? Yeah. Do you have one story, maybe from your unit, that you, the special unit you served in, that you can share? Um, I think when I when I talk to young people, mostly. I can say that I tell them how important it is to be in a to be a fighter in the army. How important it is to serve your country. And then I can tell the women that just because we are women right. doesn't mean that we cannot do it. Right. So if if they need, you know, some encourage or motivation I'm there I'm there I will I will tell them that being three years in the army it's, it's not bad if you love what you are doing if you believe that you are there to protect your country right. because you can hear a lot of soldiers who said oh 
I just want to end it. I just want to go home. I, yes, of course, it's not easy. No one says that it's easy. Right. Um, again, it, it's, you're dealing with a lot of things that are not easy for you. Right. Challenging. And um, just don't give up. Just don't give up. You can do it. It's worth it because we are sitting here in Rishon Lezhenes in this wonderful place. A miracle. Because there are hundreds of soldiers who are protecting us. So we can stay here and sit here and we will eat your salad and I will talk to you and to the audience. And, and we'll safety. have a good time. Yeah. And safety. And safety. If you had, in a matter of a few seconds, if you had a message to say to give to Americans about this country and what you go through, what would it be? Wow. Um, first of all, I would say don't believe the media. Don't believe the media. Because we will always... Oh, this is okay. This is me as a woman. See? This is like my... Um, so, don't believe the media because you will see things that are, that are fake. And know that Israel is here to protect not only Israel, but all the, the rest of the world. And we are fighting against... Now it's, you can say that even it's ISIS, right. not only you know the Muslim or right. Now we have we have something in common, us with USA with Europe. So we are fighting your fight as well on the front war. lines. On the front lines, exactly. Wow. So you need to be with us, not against us. Absolutely, and that means not funding Muslim countries and the Palestinian Authority. And let them kill each other. I say that openly. Let the Muslims kill each other because it's a power struggle of all it is. Yep. So, Rotem, I want to say thank you for being on the show. And uh, we gleaned a lot, uh, had an inside, because you're you're not that long out of the military. No. And uh, I'm sure it's still, a lot of it's still fresh on your, yes. on your mind and in your heart. So, uh, folks, we need to support the Jewish state. And the best way to do it is uh, to support Inside to Israel. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be money. Send some chocolate bars to these soldiers. Just show your appreciation. Amen. Amen. This is Michael Gano with Insights Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. God bless the patriot conservatives who stand for the Judeo-Christian founded excuse me, Constitution and Bill of Rights. And God bless Israel in her fight for sovereignty and security. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes.